0: Why don't we pray together again? Heavenly Father, I I pray that we would uh, see and realize that your grace is enough. Um, Your grace is what gives us life in Christ. And I pray you would strengthen our faith to believe in that grace. I pray we'd be people of grace um, as we walk, as we talk, um, as we go to work, as we raise our children as we grow in our marriages, and I pray that uh, your grace be known tonight, uh, that you have given us so much, not just life, but gifts, uh, gifts that uh, you want us to use and we can use for your glory and for your kingdom. Help us to know our gifts more, help us know the power of your spirit that equips us, and to, to walk uh, as disciples and as leaders for you. In Jesus' name, amen. So if you would get your Bible and turn to... Our our main uh, passage tonight is in John 20 and 21, but I'm going to look at some other uh, verses as well. Um, Basically, welcome to Wednesday night. Uh, Wednesday night is something that we started last year as we moved into this place. And it's something we're committed to and we call equip uh, because we want to use uh, this specific time uh, to help uh, better equip y'all uh, as leaders, because quite frankly, honestly, I mean, if you're here on Wednesday night, I mean, I know we've got kids and things that compete against our attention, but uh, those that I know that are here are really wanting to grow in Christ. Not that everybody doesn't, but you know, I mean, you've got to discipline yourselves and your week to say, "Hey, I'm gonna, I'm gonna come, I'm gonna learn, I'm gonna look in God's Word." And again, there there's so many things that compete for our attention, so. We want to live into our mission statement. Uh, If you don't know this, and some of y'all are new, it's to raise leaders who raise families who raise the kingdom. So, I mean, our reason for being is to raise y'all up to help equip y'all as leaders for Christ in your work, in your marriages, in your relationships, as you parent your children, in our neighborhoods, in our city. And so this is a very specific time where we want to do it. Actually, we can do it more on Wednesday night than we can on Sunday morning. And, uh, you know, we try to sculpt this time as like a worship service with more of an inductive Bible study. Is that what Miss Wolf, Olivia Wolf, said? So, and she even said, you know, sometimes I want to ask questions. So, hey, if you want to pop up a hand, I am fine with that. And uh, if you've got a question, uh, I'd love for you to ask. So, anyway, we want to raise leaders. And a question I would have... Uh, for myself, for this church, if I was coming in, well, well what does that look like, you know? I mean, it seems like a lot of folks are writing about leadership now. And how would a church uh, raise a leader? And I could give you some examples uh, right here tonight. And those examples, uh, it's not a method, it's a person. Uh, it's a life. Uh, one I pick on quite a bit, because I love the dude, is Tabor Weisinger, as he drops his head. He probably knew us. And so you take a guy like Tabor who started coming to this church a couple years ago and, uh, you know, had some challenges, that's fair to say, and, uh, but started walking through these doors, and uh, others started helping uh, Tabor. And uh, I have seen, you know, it, I love, one of the things I love being a pastor is you, you don't just get a bird's eye view, you get a, a ringside view, because we're all in this, this battle, but of people growing. And so Tabor has grown to where he has led mission trips. Uh, now, someone who is not here but is new, and uh, you all can tell I, I picked on her, but Esther Benson uh, started coming to the church a couple months ago, and uh, just seeing her grow, Jill could probably back me up in this, uh, she is now really a leader in our uh, Feed the Need that Emily Brazel uh, leads, and she got baptized uh, Sunday morning, praise God, so we're seeing her grow. Another leader I'm going to pick on, he's in the back, with Byron Knight, Brother Byron, he uh, he doesn't say much, but, uh, you know, Chris invited him to church, got him involved. Now he's helping serve the church, uh, lead the church. And then, pick on a few more, you know, a lot of y'all, maybe who are new or, or, or not even so new, you know, you see other leaders in the church, and you probably think, well, you know, they were, they were always, you know, you know, a leader type. And uh, that's not always the case. You know, you take someone like uh, Dr. Kathy Philippi, pick on you, but known her, uh, Lynn and I were talking the other night. We remember when Laura Dice said, I'll uh, just have to meet the Philippines," And, uh, you know, just what God would lead from that. And seeing her now, she's known as a leader here. I mean, she's led groups, led a mission trip. But seeing that progress, Brother Boyd Kellum, you know, he, he always says, well, we came here for Chris, you know, and uh, which, is, which is great. But, man, I mean, he's known as a leader here, and, you know, I don't think, Well, I don't know, but I don't think y'all stayed because of Chris, but because you love the church, you've grown here. And so, you know, you could say, you could kind of spell it out, but it's it's better just to look at a life. And if you take the long view of how God uses people and really transforms them uh, by the power of the Holy Spirit. And sometimes when you're in, as we say, the grind, you know, we don't realize as much. And that's the blessing me and I think staff. I know Chris, uh, you know, Jill, um, being here the longest, would say, you know, we've really seen leaders... Developed and raised up here, so we want to do that more and more, and so that's that's why we're here. We want to help equip y'all. So we're actually going to use this service to really give specific ways, uh, things that we would not share on Sunday morning, uh, to to help equip y'all as leaders for Christ. Now, we always want to be centered in God's Word, so uh, throughout our time on Wednesday night, we are going to use kind of as a base our membership covenant. Uh, it is online. If you haven't seen it, a lot of y'all. Uh, have, uh, have seen it, uh, you know, signed it, and said, you know, I'm a member. But I use that for Wednesday nights because it's a good base of what we believe and ways that we can be raised as a leader for Christ. So I'm going to start tonight, our first one, just, our, again, our vision, which is, which is raising leaders. Uh, our theme verse, you all heard me say this, is John ten sixteen. Jesus said, there are others, I must go to them, they will hear my voice, and there will be one flock with one shepherd. All of us, me included, or others, that at some point heard the voice of Christ through another leader and were drawn to Him, and now Jesus is raising us up by the power of His Spirit to send us out. And I always like to say, you know, we want to raise leaders up to send them out, and whether they remain here or whether they go elsewhere, that is the Great Commission, that is Acts 1-8, that is what we're here for. So, John 20 and 21, I I want to start with this passage because... um, It shows three leaders that Jesus raised up that are very different, but yet God, in His, you know, almighty sovereignty and His wisdom, used their particular different gifts in different ways for the shaping of His kingdom. So John 20 and 21 has these three leaders, and they would be Thomas, Peter, and John. Now, I, I'm really fascinated like, with the early church, first couple hundred years, and how it uh, grew, and all of these men uh, were used you know, in the first, uh, well, the first 50 years to start the church, but they were used in different ways, and that's, I kind of want to show you all this, and then we'll go to, to us today. So first, we're going to start with Thomas, John 20, and I'm going to read verses 24 through 29. In John chapter 20. So this is post-resurrection. Jesus raised from the grave. And he's revealing himself to them. And you know, uh, you know the s- disciples were, uh, uh, to use you know, certain phraseology, you know, probably tripping out and like, what is going on here? And uh, we get to see these reactions. So Thomas, verse 24. Now Thomas, one of the twelve, called the twin, was not with them when Jesus came. So that the other disciples told him, we have seen the Lord. Thomas answered him, My Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, Have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet believed. I want to focus on Thomas because he had certain gifts. And one of them, honestly, was uh, just simply wanting to know more, like questioning. I mean, that can be a gift, wanting to go deeper, uh, wanting to understand uh, more. And he even did that post-resurrection. Now, you know, we can also call it he had a, a lack of faith, but at the same time, he, he needed something more than, than the other disciples did. And so, Jesus uh, revealed himself to him uh, in a different way, his hands and his feet, and Thomas was given the gift, and I believe it's a gift by the Holy Spirit, of faith, and You know, I love his response, my Lord and my God, that in a moment, uh, he had this faith. You know, we don't, we weren't there, but something happened with the body of Christ, with the power of Holy Spirit, and he began to uh, believe. Now, I say that in that, you know, Thomas wanted to go deeper. He wanted to question more, but I think of Thomas that he had this real courage uh, to seek out uh, and to go uh, and explore, whether that was uh, questions uh, or whether that was people and places. Because, uh, see, Thomas, some of you may have known this, uh, he ended up in India. He went further than every disciple of the Twelve. He had, you know, a gift in him that would go to explore and to seek out and would push forward, I mean, to literally be a bellwether. I mean, that's the word bellwether means a trailblazer. And he ended up in India, starting churches, um, making disciples. And what's fascinating about Thomas, and you know, I think John 20, you know, we just look at that and we can give Thomas a bad rap. I mean, you know, he he was the only one who didn't believe. But if you go, if you flip over to John 11, I think you get a clear picture of Thomas. Uh, This is when the disciples heard Lazarus had died, and I'm just going to read one verse, verse 16, but... To set the scene, you know, Lazarus has died, and, and Jesus said, we need to go. And, you know, if you know the story, Jesus raises Lazarus from the dead. Um, actually, I'll start at verse 14. It says, then Jesus told them plainly, Lazarus has died, and for your sake I am glad I was not there, so that you may believe, but let us go to him. So Thomas called the twin, said to his fellow disciples, let us also go, that we may die with him. You're like, well, what does that have to do? What's the connection? And, you know, reading about that passage, Thomas was willing to die for Jesus. Uh, Thomas had this courage, like, man, let's go. So, hey, if we have to, we'll die for him too. And if you, uh, you know, if you take that and use a big word, juxtapose it, we can use those in Wednesday nights, the courage of saying, man, I'm going to go, I'm going to die for Jesus, and then the, the questioning, there was, there was something, and, you know, I don't know because I'm, I'm not Jesus and we aren't. There was something Jesus saw of this courage, of this, you know, no fear of pushing boundaries and, and probably pushing people and moving forward. I think it's the mark of an evangelist. I think that's the gift Thomas had. And he went all the way to India. So God used that gift of seeking out, of pushing forward, of courage, really, and used it for, for his kingdom. Another leader is Peter. And we all know, uh, most of us probably know Peter. But it's a different gift, different than Thomas. Let's say Thomas was the evangelist, Peter a gifting of leadership. I'm going to read John 21, verse 15 through 19. And what's also interesting is Jesus always calls us, but there are different ways he calls us. He called Thomas and he had to show him something. He calls Peter here in a different way. Says when they had finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon, Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? He said to him, Yes, Lord, you know I love you. He said to him, Peter, feed my lambs. He said to him a second time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter said to him, Yes, Lord, you know I love you. He said to him, Tend my sheep. He said to him the third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt because he had said to him the third time, Do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, Uh, if, you, if you know about Peter, you know that uh, he had a big mouth. Uh, other passages in Scripture, I mean, he said things that basically uh, were, were just not appropriate, bad timing. Uh, he asserted himself when he probably shouldn't have. Uh, he, was, uh, you know, he was not very diplomatic. Yet, God used this. Jesus used this. You know, it's like I was thinking, you know, Peter, you are bold, you have this gift of boldness. Uh, you have this leader gift. Uh, regardless of what you say, people will listen. And he's saying here, you know, lead my sheep. And he says it to him three times. And then, you know, Jesus even tells him basically the way, you know, Peter's going to die. Um, I don't know if you all know this, but Peter was crucified. And, uh, you know, the, the story goes that he was not willing to die the same death as Christ. So he said, would you turn the cross upside down? Uh, and they did. Uh, I don't know if any of y'all have been to uh, Paris, France, uh, but I got the opportunity to go and go to the Louvre. And uh, I'm not really a big museum guy, uh, and I'm not really a big painting guy, but in the Louvre, there are all of these uh, great portraits of scenes in Scripture. And there's a portrait of Peter's crucifixion. And I remember seeing it, I mean, only one time, and it it's so moved me, because they've literally got the soldiers turning the cross upside down, so Peter's head, you know, is toward the ground, and he's being crucified. Uh, and Peter had that boldness, that leadership, to say, you know, I'm not, I'm not worthy for this. You know, I want, i don't want to die the same death as the master. And it was because of Peter's boldness and sternness that really the church, you know, began to grow and spread his leadership. And I'm not going to read the passages, but he also knew a great deal about suffering. And you know, one thing, you know, you talk about equipping. You know, leaders, it's also getting them prepared, honestly, that, that, that you go through suffering. Uh, we have a real enemy, the devil, Satan. I mean, he doesn't want the kingdom of God to grow. And if you are making a kingdom impact, making headway, uh, you know, you will be attacked. You will suffer. But 1 Peter, you know, if you really want to read some remarkable stuff on suffering, going through suffering, uh, 1 Peter, you know, he writes about that. And the last guy would be John. And I want to highlight John. John wrote this book. And again, different gifts. Thomas the Evangelist, Peter the Leader, and John. Uh, and I'm going to call John the pastor. Now, I'm, I'm honored to serve as pastor, but I'm going to say this pastor in a, in a different way. Okay? We'll pick up in John 20 and read through the rest of the Gospel of John. So, verse 25. Peter turned and saw the disciple whom Jesus loved, and it would be John, following them. The one who had been reclining at table close to hand and said, Lord, who is it that is going to betray you? When Peter saw him, he said to Jesus, Lord, what about this man? Jesus said to him, if it is my will that he remain until I come, what is that to you? You follow me. So the saying spread abroad among the brothers that this disciple was not to die. Yet Jesus did not say to him that he was not to die, but if it is my will that he remain until I come, what is it to you? This is the disciple who is bearing witness about these things, who has written about these things, and we know that his testimony is true. Now, there are also many other things that Jesus did. Were every one of them to be written, I suppose that the world itself could not contain the books that could be written. I use John, and I call him pastor, because uh, John refers to himself as the one that Jesus loved. He also refers to himself as the one who had said who is going to betray He's also the one who reclined beside Jesus at the Last Supper. It was like John, I, I believe he had this gift of uh, compassion. And I believe Jesus used that uh, to be a caregiver, uh, to be pastoral. First to Jesus' mom, Mary. At, on the cross, Jesus said, you know, you take care of my mom. And if you know anything about John, he, uh, there's not a lot written about him in Acts. Uh, there are not any letters written to him, you know, that Paul because he was caring for Mary. They actually ended up at the church at Ephesus uh, and were, I guess, members there or leaders there. And then, uh, I guess, after her death, the the tomb of Jesus' mom, maybe more information you want, but it's actually in the city of Ephesus, present-day Turkey. You could see uh, the burial grave of Mary, mother of Jesus. John went on and he began to write about Jesus. And I, I believe that this gift of compassion he started pouring out with the pen. And I, and I love the end of the Gospels because it actually, you know, sometimes we just want to skip over these. But he says, this is the disciple who's bearing witness about these things in words and who has written about these things that we may know his testimony is true. And so as John too, you know, if Peter wrote about suffering in First Peter, if you want to know about love, you should read First John, specifically First John 4. And John's talking about love and that as Christians we should walk in love. And I think John had this gift of overflowing love and compassion that God used again uh, in a specific way uh, to grow his church and his kingdom. Again, three leaders, uh, three different personalities uh, that God used. Thomas, call him the evangelist. Peter, the leader. And John, uh, the pastor or the caregiver. Um. Now, let's go to us, or you, because you could be here, and you're like, okay, equip leader, and I always like to say this, you know, not me, not pastor, not evangelist, not apostle, but as I preached about Sunday, and we're going to be connecting Wednesday to Sunday services. We'll probably go a little deeper into the passages that, that we go through on Sundays. If you're a Christian, you've got a gift. I mean, you've got at least one. Uh, probably all of you have more than one, but you've got a gift. And something we want to help you with is to discover your gift here at Bellwether and use your gift at Bellwether, but also out in the world. So if you turn to Ephesians, Ephesians uh, Ephesians 4 was the passage we read Sunday morning. I want to to highlight part of it again because Paul talks in Ephesians about the specific gifts of the Holy Spirit to Christians. And again, I, I can't say this enough that if you're a Christian, you got at least one of these gifts. Ephesians 4, and I'm going to read... I'm going to start verse 11 and going go to um, go through 14. 11 through 14, Ephesians 4. Paul writes this is to the church in Ephesus, but also to the church today. And he gave these gifts, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists... The pastors and teachers, to equip the saints. We'll stop right there. Whenever it says saints in the New Testament, it literally means Christians. So it would mean us. It does not, you know, we see saints, we're like, whoa, not me. You know, that's stained glass windows and stuff. Saints would be Christians. To equip the saints, so the believers, for the work of ministry, because it is work, for building up the body of Christ all over the world, until we attain to the unity of faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, so that we may no longer be children, tossed to and fro by the waves, carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness in deceitful schemes. Paul lists five gifts. Apostle, evangelist, teacher, shepherd, prophet. All of you have one of those I call them a major and probably one as a minor. And, you know, if I, if I want nothing to come out of this tonight, you know, or nothing else, I say, man, which one am I? And be thinking about this. Now, I went through them Sunday. I'm going to go through them a little bit more tonight. You're like, man, I'm, I'm not apostle. There were like just 12 of those, right? Now, apostle literally means uh, oversight, overseer. So you have, if you have this gift, a gift of leadership, a gift of managing people, uh, a gift of, uh, I mean, getting people into groups, uh, organizing people and saying, you know, this is, this is where we charge, this is where we go. It's a specific gift. Not everybody has that. Thomas didn't have that gift. John didn't have that gift. Peter did. Peter's apostle leader. Another gift is evangelist. Now I call Thomas the evangelist. This is a, this is a guy or a girl that's like, man, I got some courage here. God used me. I'll go. I'll go to India. I'll go to the ends of the earth. I can relate to people who question, who seek. I'm more comfortable... You know, Thomas, even ended up in India. I mean, these are, you know, Hindus. I mean, they've been Hindus for hundreds, maybe thousands of years. Hey, I'm comfortable around people who question. Church is starting in India. You have this gift of, like, being able to connect with people who don't know the Lord and have this courage to go to them. That's an evangelist gift. Some of y'all have that. A prophet gift is one who, you know... there's a spiritual side of reality. And I believe the private gift, they can like see that side and, and see things that are working, a spirit of uh, discernment that they have in them, but also that they can speak truth. And not everybody can do that well. Speak truth in a life uh, for good or you know where someone is erring. And it is it, it's just a specific gift. I mean, it's just a gift of, you know, scripture says so much maybe. May the eyes of our heart see. And I believe a person with a prophet gift, the, the, the eyes of their heart are just like crystal clear. I mean, they can just see in a in a different way. Some of y'all have that gift. Shepherd uh, or pastor, I, I believe John had that gift of shepherding, uh, of caring, uh, of of loving. I mean, again, 1 John 4, all about love. He writes about love. And, you know, John had this gift to, to love and to give love and to show love and to share love. And not everybody has that gift. You know, Thomas, you know, uh, you know, didn't sound too diplomatic. Peter didn't sound... I mean, they may not have had that gift, but they had other gifts. And then finally, teacher, a teaching gift, uh, which sometimes I believe is really connected to the evangelist gift. It's not ability to just stand and teach. It's ability to, like, break down the gospel or scripture and, and relate it or convey it in ways that can be easy to understand. It's a gift. Not everybody has it. So I, I say those, and want we'll to try to break those down, to, to help you uh, maybe begin to believe you got at least one of those. I think you probably have two. Now then, a way we can equip you is I took staff through a a test. Uh, It's called the APES test, uh, and it's by a a Christian, an evangelical organization that uh, helps you discover kind of what's your major and what's your minor of these five. I'm going to put the website up there on the screen. Uh, Basically, it's apesttest.com. Uh, if you're more interested, if you want to discover your gifts, I mean, some people could see it and say, hey, you know, you're this or that. But this is a more specific way, and it ties to your interests, you know, what you're good at. Uh, And so we went through this as staff, and, uh, you know, I've got my report, you know, right here. Uh, I'm not, like, all crazy about talking about myself, but I'll share my gifts. Uh, You know, I I ended up being a uh, E.A., uh, your first two are, you know, it's kind of like again major minor. So which is evangelist, apostle uh, that may surprise some of you, or you may be like, you know, um, and it gives you this whole printout of talking about like what an EA gifting would be and what that person uh, is more equipped to do. Uh, I think Chris was to highlight him. Chris, do you remember yours? You don't. <laughs> Jill remembers higher. Jill, what were you? You don't remember yours? Well, if you remember yours prophet-teacher, okay, uh, which I was predicting. I think I predicted you AT, and, but you're prophet te- I predicted myself, uh, a. I think I predicted AT, too, for us. And so E was my so evangelist, but then I've I read about it, and, you know, it was like, I'm going to India, you know, in November. So, uh, you know, I mean, it maybe has some direct correlation. Uh, you know, I don't know. Sometimes you learn gifts, and I don't know if I'd have been, frankly, apostle- Five or six years ago, but in, you know, having to lead a new church, you know, I've had to develop certain gifts. So I do think it also plays into your stage in life. But if you're interested, I mean, again, we, we really want to equip you with, with other ways uh, to grow you. And uh, it does, I think it costs 10 bucks. so, you know, full disclosure. But uh, it, it was really, it was just very uh, revealing uh, for us. But the bottom line we want you to know is, man, you're gifted. And God wants you to develop those gifts uh, use those gifts uh, for his kingdom. And uh, that can happen through ways like tests, test, but it also happens through one another. Uh, I, I, I'm a big believer. I'm preaching, teaching this week on, on smaller groups that you need to be part of that. But I mean, this we look at this as like a smaller group. So you can hear and kind of go deeper or hang around later with questions, but also build relationships that people can say, you know. And we want to encourage one another. I mean, I want people to say, hey, man, you got this gift. And we want to be an encouraging uh, loving, sustaining place, because man, we get knocked around enough in the world. Well, the church needs to be a place where man you 're gifted. Hey yeah, I mean we all got our weaknesses, but we want to raise you up as leaders, and so that means supporting one another and, and caring for one another, but encouraging one another and say so, I mean, you can do this. I mean I, you know, I, can, I can believe you can go on a mission trip or I can believe you can lead a small group or you know I believe you can organize a, a garage sale like Lori Reed's doing you know, the, you know four missions for Honduras. And you got an evangelist gift, sister. I know you. So we want to be a place that encourages you and equips you. And so I'm going to close tonight. We're going to have some prayer time. Uh, now, we want to pray specifically for uh, needs, uh, hurts, uh, that God heals. Uh, we believe God's healer. But I also would challenge you all to pray that God, Lord, uh, man, reveal to me uh, more and more my gifts and reveal ways and doors that would open that I can, can use it. Uh, so, you know, my closing challenge for tonight would just be, you know, again, Lord, show me how you've designed me and gifted me, and then, you know, open up doors for me. And at Bellwether, I mean, that's, we don't always get everything right, but we really want to try to open up doors. I personally love opening up doors uh, for people to, to serve and discover they, their gifts. And again, whether they're raised up, stay here, or raised up, or go elsewhere, that's our MO. So... Uh, Chris will uh, play a little music while we pray. I'll, I'll open us in prayer, and then uh, just use the time. You can come to the altar and pray at your seats, and um, just ask the Lord to, uh, uh, to show you you know, more who you are and how he's going to grow you. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for these, your people who desire to grow in you. And uh, thank you, God, that it's not just a desire, but it's a reality that uh, that you do show us and guide us and lead us. Uh, to, to know more how you've wired us, like literally hardwired us, and that you show us ways that we can uh, use um, the gifts you've given us uh, for your purpose and your glory. I believe there are no accidents in Christianity. I believe all of us are here in this specific place tonight, uh, in this specific city, in this specific season and time uh, for a great purpose that can be both in our family, in our marriages, it can be in our church, that can be in the world. Uh, help us see more clearly with the eyes of our heart. Help us hear more the voice of your Spirit. And help us to have faith and the courage and say, I'll, I'm in and I'll go. In Jesus' name, amen.